you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront of making disciples, of indoctrination in godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sweet Victory and Jay Macron tap to help us navigate the show. We are looking forward to today's discussion. Um, we are going to talk about the mother-in-law and daughter-in-law relationship. <laughs> why are you laughing? Like, I'm like, why I, am I just, here? I, well, well <laughs> if you were not here, there would not be this conversation. Let's just say that, shall we? Um, there has to be a you of sorts in everyone's picture um, for there to be a mother-in-law and a daughter-in-law type dynamic and relationship, which I think is one of those relationships that when we start to talk about them, there's a lot of humor in it. um, But there's also a lot of like angst, you know, there's a lot of, there's, there's you, Oh, come on. There's humor. And there's, there's like, there's like some pain sometimes, you know, (laughs) and people don't like to talk about that because it's one of those things. I feel like the mother-in-law relationship falls into the category of (laughs) the marriage. Okay. And let me tell you what I mean when I say that you, you either really want to talk about this and you really want to get to a place where there's true health and, and true, um, you know, the glorification of God. Like you, you, you really want that. You want God to be glorified. Or you just want to um, fake your way through it and <laughs> pretend that you understand it all and you've got it all together and you say things like, and remember, I'm comparing the mother-in-law relationship to like marriage, okay? So you you want to fake your way through it and you say things like, oh, we never argue. <laughs> right. Okay, right. in both relationships, right? <laughs> and, and, and everyone, like, people, so... <laughs> You know, just when we hear that, I just want you to know, like, and now because we travel all over this country. So I'm going to say this and someone this year, I, I'm telling you, someone this year is going to walk up to me after what I'm about to say and say, hey, you know, you said on the show, <laughs> if someone were to say, well, I'm the someone and I'm going to tell you right now, here's what I'm going to say. Oh, that's great. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> but here's my statement, though. What's your statement? When people say to me, mm-hmm. oh, we never argue, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, <laughs> so like define, do you mean that you don't like fuss? Like, is that what you mean? Because I, because yes, you can, say, yeah. you can, you can argue, you can but disagree dis- yeah, yeah. without fussing. But and there like, are disagreements. You know, but there are disagreements. And so when I, when I, when I hear people say things like that, I'm just like, are, really? You know what I mean? Like that's how I feel. Like really. So I and think so, that they I may be saying that they don't have, uh, they don't fuss. Like they don't raise their voice. Yeah, they and that and but they and, do have disagreements. Right. They yeah, I think that's uh, what they're trying to say. I, I wish think. people would say that. I wish people would say that we disagree for the glory of God, or that we have disagreements, or that when we argue, and and I think there's a different understanding. Also, there's like levels uh, to understanding 
the art of argument, mm-hmm. right? Like what it is to have an opinion and and to have a back and forth with that, but to do that in a dignified way, like to not like, you know what I'm saying? Like we're not coming to blows, like we're not coming to fisticuffs, you know what I'm saying? Right. Because we wouldn't stand a chance. So I just, <laughs> <laughs> why are you laughing? You laugh at the funny. wrong time. You laugh when the things you like that is hilarious. a fact. That I mean- is a fact. Okay, like, please do not let people be fooled by the, the fakeness of your your oh, muscular build. Man. Like this, you I, look. People already know they understand because mm-hmm. I'm the one who talks the most. I'm I'm also stronger physically. They know it, don't right. you guys know it? And everybody's shaking their head. They're like, we knew it. We knew she was stronger because she talks the most or more. Anyway, um. <laughs> But look, um, I, no, yeah, I can't wait to uh, see you as a uh, mother-in-law. I'll be a great one. <laughs> I will be a great one. I can't wait to see it. Um, it's going to be really difficult for <laughs> my daughter-in-law. I just will say that. <laughs> That's what I know. The, but, the sons. But, 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 you know, yeah. but I will pray a lot because here's the thing. So, so we're going to have two guests on with us in the next segment, uh, Barbara Riach and Stacy Riach. So Barbara is the mother-in-law. Stacy is the daughter-in-law, and they have co-authored a book together, uh, Making Room for Her, mm. which I love the title of because it it goes in both directions. <laughs> <laughs> like it goes, it's, you know, you talk to the daughter-in-law, and what is she doing? She's making room for her. And you talk to the mother-in-law, and what's the mother? She's making room for her. Like, both <laughs> of us are making room for her, mm, you know what I mean? Yes. Um, but can I say something, though? And, and the mm-hmm. reason I thought that this conversation was an important one to, ha- uh, to have is because there are certain areas in our lives that we think God doesn't care about. Like there are areas in our life that we are just like, uh, you know what? It's not great, but I'm just going to leave that alone. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not I'm not going to. And I just don't know that that glorifies God. I don't know that that's the kind of life that God has called us to live when we are living for his glory. Everything we're doing, we're doing for his glory. God cares about the most difficult of relationships. I'm not saying that the mother-in-law and the daughter-in-law relationship is that, but I'm saying if in your life that is the relationship, God cares about that. Like you can't just, you know, and and God bless the husbands that are involved. Yes. God bless <laughs> <laughs> you're like god bless us everyone i mean um, because look yeah it's difficult it's, it's a difficult spot to be in it is you know yeah. and it's like one of those things you you may feel like like i'm in the middle like how do i you know deal like how do i please both parties and okay listen hold on a second no, 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 let you're me not finish. a victim let me feel- <laughs> <laughs> you just this felt too good to you you were I like yeah because no go ahead i'm sorry parties I was because yes. you know you have your wife who you have left your father and mother and you're cleaving to your, you know, to your, your wife. <laughs> but then you have your mom, you know, it's, and, it's, and it's one of those things where it's like. I'm sorry, did you say mom or mommy? <laughs> I said Which your one? mom. Oh, okay. Stop it. I just, it, there was a, there was a, it kind of garbled out a little bit. It went a little, and yeah, I didn't know it if didn't you said nothing. you have you your, your wife and then you have your mommy. Then I, did, you're like, I didn't say mommy. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. I could have. It's my headphones. I'll talk to engineering um, <laughs> to make sure to get it. That but I'm saying that, that that that's something that you have to learn how to navigate. Like that's that's yeah. a very real thing. Yes. It's so true. It's so mm-hmm. true. And I was thinking, even as in getting ready for this interview, I was thinking through the reality of. First of all, I want to say this, and I'm not saying this um, 
for anyone other than just it's it's the truth. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love my mother-in-law. I absolutely love my mother-in-law. And I got to tell you, it took me a few years to really feel like I understood her. Mm -hmm. We are. And that's one of the things we're going to talk about today. She and I were not our relationship, but the dynamic of having different personalities, Mm -hmm. the mother-in-law and the daughter-in-law, like Mm -hmm. she and I, your mom and Mm -hmm. I are very, very different. Right. Just like you and I are very different. Right. But we have a different relational context that fosters sort of like the searching out and the and the getting to know and all <laughs> yes. of that that I don't have with your mom. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of went into our marriage like they're your parents are my parents. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, from the beginning, I called them mom and dad. Mm-hmm. Like I Mr. Addison, what? No, to dad, your dad, you know, <laughs> and 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 I fully embraced that when you and I got married, that I was getting a new family, that I was adding to my family, mm-hmm. and I was all in. What I was not prepared for was, even for myself, I will say this, the the probably self-imposed, <clears throat> excuse me, um, fear of judgment. Do you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like that feeling of, okay, she's been at this, whatever this is and whatever stage of life it was, she's been at this longer than I have. So she is judging me. You know what I mean? Like she is judging the way that I relate to you because she knows you. That's her baby. (laughs) And she can read your facial expressions better than I can. And she knows. what. And so all of these things that go into it and, and, you know, just that whole dynamic. And then and then you add children to that. Mm -hmm. And. (laughs) Again, she's been at this longer than I have, and she has an opinion mm-hmm. on what I should probably do or what might be the issue with one of the kids. Mm-hmm. And my thinking is it could be that or it could not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. And, like, how do you navigate that when there's not the safety? Because when it's your mom, mm-hmm. like, if it's your mom, like, right. if it's my mom, mm-hmm. I can say, oh, no, mom, I don't know. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. No, you know. And 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 it's okay. We don't lose any ground. But when it's your mother-in-law, mm-hmm. there's different. just, it, oh, it feels like there's so much more that hinges on that yeah. that can cause friction because we don't really know one another. Yeah, I will you, say at you, this point, we do. And you but know, go ahead. I was, I was thinking about what we do on the show when we're talking to families, we're talking to, you know, moms, dads, grandparents. And so I'm just thinking about how we always try to encourage, you know, the grandparents, hey, you have a part to play. But yes, that could be, that's right. That might be kind of, right. you know, <laughs> I'm thinking about it. It might be like, oh. I know I have a part to play, but my daughter-in-law or my we, son-in-law. Listen, like, <laughs> when I tell you that we are walking through this life that we are trying to encourage you in, yeah, we we are here. And yep. so even this understanding of the value of the grandparents' contribution, like it is something that we ourselves, even as we appreciate it, we're navigating that and trying to allow our kids to experience that blessing, mm-hmm. but also maintain, okay, so what's the vision that the Lord has given us for our family? Like, does that does that fold into what the Lord has convicted us mm-hmm. of, you know, like mm-hmm. what's on our heart? And so it's just really difficult, you know, but I will say this, <clears throat> excuse me. One of the things that I feel like um, really made a difference between your mom and and myself was getting to a place where we were really able to be honest with one another yeah, and to, to really sit down and talk. And I have to say that your mom, who is like you, she's an introvert. Mm-hmm. 
she initiated that conversation mm -hmm. and it made such a difference. She said, all right, she goes, you know, I want to talk to you and uh, I, this is not going to be easy. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I want to talk to you. And the conversation was so good. And we actually went through, and this is going to sound exhausting. It wasn't as exhausting as it sounds as I say it, but we went through several instances over the years where we were able to pinpoint where there was just a misunderstanding. Mm. Like there were things that we thought the other person was saying mm -hmm. or thinking, and it just wasn't the case. There was just a misunderstanding. And one of the things that we walked away with was this understanding that, man, you know, the enemy really wants all of our relationships. Like he, he doesn't want there to be any healthy relationships in our life. And so we were able to pinpoint that the enemy was attempting to rob us of this relationship. I'll give you one example here mm -hmm. um, in the area of when your mom would come into town mm -hmm. and her, like she would, she would clean mm -hmm. when she came into town. Well, I cleaned before she came into town <laughs> because that's like an automatic response mm -hmm. defense mechanism to make sure <laughs> that, that the house looks like nobody lives here. <laughs> and no one eats anything. No one uses a toilet. Nobody. Okay. That's what I want it to look like. The mm. moment that Momo sets foot inside this house. Okay. Like nobody lives here. <laughs> now, in the days that follow, then sure, you can start to live here again. But, <laughs> but, you know, so, but she would get here and within like, you know, a day or so she would start cleaning. And so in my mind, I thought she was saying, your home is filthy. That mm -hmm. in my mind, like, and so I watch her and I'm thinking, I, I, I already cleaned that. Like <laughs> that's no, that's actually, that's its clean state. Like that's it organized. Like that looks. And so I built up in my mind that she thinks that I'm a horrible housekeeper. And I'm like, oh, you know, like that's a part of like one of my job descriptions. Mm -hmm. So in my mind, it felt like failure. Well, in one of our conversations, we were talking about this. She revealed to me that her heart was set whenever she came to visit us. She wanted to do whatever it took to serve us. Mm. She just wanted to serve us. And so she said, in my mind, my pastor always taught wherever you go, you make yourself a blessing. Mm. So she, in her mind, was trying to be a blessing. But I perceived that as an attack. Mm. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And how the enemy can cause that to grow and can cause relationships to be strained. That's just one example. And guess what? I know I'm not even alone here. I know that, and some of you are like, oh, that's your example? Wait until I tell you what happened. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll take the break and we'll be right back. And all I know is you're my only Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And that's Toby Mac with I Just Need You. I really appreciate the real-time feedback that we get from our listeners um, through our chat and our online uh, platforms. I, I really do appreciate that because, you know, one of the things that we really aim to do is to do relevant programming, like mm -hmm. to make sure that the topics that we discuss 
um, are meeting the needs and answering the questions, at least in a small way that you have. And so real time during the break to get some feedback from some of our listeners who said, and we haven't even really gotten into the thick of the content today, but to hear from some of our listeners who are saying, yes, that's the issue. Moms-in-laws, we want to help. Um, Our moms-in-law, we want to help. (laughs) And sometimes it's it's wrongly perceived. And so I think this is going to be such a great conversation. And I think there's going to be a blessing for daughters and moms mm-hmm. as as we all listen together and glean some wisdom from our sisters who join us. Let me uh, introduce them both. Barbara Riach and Stacy Riach are our guests today, and their book is Making Room for Her, Making Room for Her, Biblical Wisdom for a Healthier Relationship with Your Mother-in-Law or Daughter-in-Law. And this possibly may be one of those really, one of those really overlooked relationship dynamics that I think Um, really needs a lot of attention for a healthy family, like just a healthy family unit. So uh, let me introduce them both individually, and then we'll kind of get in and and, um, get all the scoop on how they handle their arguments. No, I'm just kidding. That's not not why we're here, okay? Um, Barbara Riach is the author of A Better Than Anything Christmas and is former director of the Children's Division at Bible Study Fellowship International. Her home is in Minneapolis with her husband, Ron. Uh, Before that, her role at BSF, uh, Barbara and Ron lived in Cape Town, South Africa, And um, they taught Bible study fellowship classes there. I also learned by going to both Barbara's website and Stacy's website, some other information that I want to ask them about that's not necessarily pertinent to the book, but I just found a little bit fascinating. Uh, Stacy Riach is a pastor's wife. She's a mom of four and the author of Wilderness Wanderings, Finding Contentment in the Desert Times of Life. She's written for various ministries, including Desiring God, The Gospel Coalition, and Revive Our Hearts. Stacy and her husband, Ben, live in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania with their children. And uh, you can find out more about both of them at their websites. Barbara's is barbariach.com. And the last name is spelled R-E-A-O-C-H, R-E-A-O-C-H, Riach. And Stacy's website is stacyriach.com. Same spelling. Okay. Um, <laughs> just just so that everybody understands, um, stacyriach.com. Stacy, Barbara, thank you both for joining us. We appreciate it. Well, thank Thanks you for having, having us. us. It's great to be with you. Okay, so here's what I'm going to attempt to do. I'm going to attempt to um, maybe call you guys by name so that we kind of can have a little bit of order to the conversation and not have that like me, you, who wants to answer, who wants to respond, <laughs> if, if if that's okay. <laughs> um, Barbara, yeah, I was... <laughs> See, and I just didn't do it. <laughs> I, I'm starting off bad. Uh, okay, um, Barbara, let's start with you. I was fascinated as I, I read your longer uh, form bio on your website and to learn of the work that you've done uh, working with children and learning the importance and the value of discipling in any cultural context and whatever the obstacles are. Discipleship is something that is so near and dear to our hearts here. So when I read that a your passion, your conviction about discipling children and how even that conviction um, was the genesis of books that you've written for your grandchildren. I just found that fascinating. Before we get into the topic today, can you tell our listeners just a little bit about that? Oh, Vicki, I would love to. (laughs) Well, it it really was when when Ron and I were living in Cape Town, South Africa, uh, our first grandchildren were born. Ben and Stacy had 
the first grandchild, and then the second, and we live 10,000 miles away. Hmm. So our big question was, how will we influence our grandchildren with the uh, truth of the gospel, what is most near, near and dear to our hearts? And so uh, God just uh, led me to begin writing down some thoughts about Christmas, just following through the biblical account and making it sort of in a um, family devotional style. Mm-hmm. My sister did the illustrations, and off it went, just just in a in a folder off to Pittsburgh for Stacy and Ben to use. And lo and behold, you know, it worked for them. It worked to support the family discipleship that they already knew was really critical for their new family. You know, so that I, I th- was the genesis of that. That is so fascinating to me. And and again, just one follow-up question. Um, the the one or two things, and this may be putting you on the spot here, how, okay, when you say that discipleship of children is possible in any context, it does not matter what the perceived barrier is. Can you give us maybe one nugget from your experience in your work in ministry that drives home that point that our children can be discipled and taught God's word? Well, the truth is they can not only be taught and discipled God's word, it is really our responsibility Amen. as parents, as grandparents, as really all adults. Mm-hmm. I think children are the greatest mission field we have. Mm. We just don't often see them in that way, but that's the way God sees them. And so he gives them to us for the purpose of teaching them and Mm. um, training them in biblical truth. And so I think parents just need often uh, some support with that. And that's what I sensed was my calling. Yes, very good. No, that's very encouraging. Okay, and Stacy, so I was fascinated to learn that you came to faith in Christ while um, a university student. Tell us a little bit about mm-hmm. that and, and tell us about your growth in the Lord that really led to your journaling, that led to your writing. It's just, it's always fascinating to me to see how the Lord kind of orchestrates things. One of the biggest things that stood out as I was reading your testimony, your bio, um, is that there were Christian girls who lived in the dorm who were a part of your story mm-hmm. who helped to disciple you and, and train you in the faith. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, it was, you know, just a beautiful story um, of how the Lord brought me to himself. I mean, God really used um, my husband, Ben, and his family, including his mom, Barb, to really plant those initial seeds when we were in high school. We started dating our senior year, and so I was seeing things in their family that just, you know, were different than the family I'd grown up in. We were, I would consider my family, we were nominal Christians. Um, So, you know, we went to church occasionally, I would say with a Christian, but I really didn't have that personal Mm. relationship with with Jesus. So um, I went away to Michigan State University, big secular school, and God was just so kind to put Christian girls in the dorm room right next door to me, um, who I think realized I wasn't a believer, but I was open to things. So they started sharing scripture with me, invited me to study the Bible with them. There was a woman from campus ministry, um, Laura, who came and knocked on my door and shared the gospel with me, took me out to coffee. And 
you know, really, I went with her just because she was kind and took an interest in me and listened to me. But she ended up discipling me for four years um, of college. And during that time, Ben and I, Ben actually broke up with me after our freshman year of college, which was really devastating because it was kind of like I, I finally was a Christian and understood, like, our relationship and the significance of us both being believers and he was just at a different point in his walk and knew that he needed to be on his own for a while. And so God really used that heartbreak to draw me to himself. I feel like that's when I really started just pouring over my Bible, looking for comfort, looking for God's promises, just diving into campus ministry, to evangelism, discipleship, um, mission trips, all those things that were so wonderful. It's just like a greenhouse of growth, but in the midst of, you know, my heart being broken. So kind of, you know, two of those things went together and, and that's when, yeah, I started writing, started journaling, and eventually those journal entries grew and became articles and then became a book. Wow, Stacy, there's there are so many more places I could go, but I I will not because if I if if I don't get back on track here, we're not going to get to making room for her. So what I really <laughs> want to do is, um, and so many of our listeners, by the way, are on the edge of their seats just because they, they we really need help, right? We we need to be able to understand this dynamic a little bit better and and learn from other people's mistakes and joys um, so that we can be mutually uh, strengthened. So let's fast forward here because obviously you and Ben get married and now you are a part of the Rioc family and you've got mm-hmm. this great godly mother-in-law that I'm sure never ever offended you and never ever hurt your feelings. <laughs> and I'm sure that you never ever offended her. And so I don't even know why you guys would write this book, <laughs> but let's, let's, let's get into the importance of writing this book. Barbara, were you the one who had this idea or did you guys just sit down together and come up with this? How did this happen? Well, I still remember the day that Stacy called and planted that seed in both of our hearts, as, just as we talked um, and talked about options. We were, we were both authors at this time, and so why not put our writing hearts together and talk about what we really do have in common. And that is that we were, we are in the same family, Mm -hmm. but we have a relationship that there's not a lot out there for women and for men uh, to read about this really critical and relationship that's fraught with (laughs) disappointments and potential difficulties. So, there you have it. We began to pray about it together and God made it clear. Yes, this was his plan for us. Mm. Barbara, let's talk about what the Lord revealed to you in this, this role um, of mother-in-law. Like, did you, did you learn things about yourself that added to the positive aspects of this relationship dynamic and the negative aspects of this relationship dynamic? <laughs> yeah, I had a lot to learn, I will tell you. Um, and 
I wish I had known some of these things beforehand because Stacy and I were very uh, pleased to be in the same family. We knew we were sisters in Christ, but we did see things differently. And so, <laughs> you know, how do we how do we deal with that? Uh, what are we to learn from not only our generational difference? differences, but our personality difference, how do, how do we take what is different and make that a plus instead of a negative? Mm-hmm. Well, part of that process for me was to learn that my role had changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a mother-in-law, I had a different role to play than the one that I was so used to. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, you know, used to being the first person in my son's life that that he would come to for uh, counsel. And so I, and he had a very wonderful place in my heart. So mm-hmm. how am I supposed to relate to him and this new relationship? I really wasn't prepared for the loss. Mm-hmm. And I didn't always respond in a godly way. I, I will just be honest with you. But God taught me again that I'm not the center of my life. <laughs> he is. And so this um, this lead and cleave principle that I had to learn was, is, is that indeed a biblical principle? Mm. I was the leading part, which is the hard part. Mm. Macy and Ben were in the cleaving part, yeah. <laughs> which is the wonderful part. Yeah. And there's wow. so many traps in that leaving part. A mother-in-law can feel forgotten and all the rest unappreciated. But this new role is is really a good one, actually. Mm-hmm. It means I have to support that cleaving and be joyful over my son and, and daughter-in-law, yeah. the love that they have for each other. Yeah. And so, yeah, Stacey, I want their marriage on- to last. Stacy, on your end, you're in the bliss of the cleaving and focused on your family. But what mm-hmm. you find that you're neglecting is the communication and, and keeping this relationship with your parents or your in-laws open. And that can lead to misunderstandings. <clears throat> Excuse me. Address that a little bit for our listeners. Yeah, I mean, I think I was definitely focused on hey, I'm creating our new family and our new traditions and the excitement of of all of that. And to add to that, you know, Barb and Ron, um, probably, I forget, Barb, if it was a month after we got married, it was, you know, weeks after Ben and I got married, that's when they moved overseas to South Africa. And this was, Mm -hmm. you know, the time where I'm dating us, but it was before Zoom calls and before texting and all those (laughs) things. So I think just the distance, the actual physical distance in combination with, you know, my own immaturity of just, you know, focusing on my relationship with Ben, I wasn't thinking very often about Barb and how to bridge that gap and how to, you know, stay in close communication with them. Um, And they lived over there for the first seven years of our marriage. And a lot was happening. So we were, you know, having our first babies. We were moving to different states. My husband was finishing seminary. There were a lot of major, major changes. Um, But then when we got together, you know, every, 
year, a couple of years, it would be, you know, kind of, hey, you know, we're excited to see each other. Stacy, Just kind of a strain. Yeah. Let me, let me just jump yeah. in. We've got to grab this break really quickly here. I want to pick up right here when we get back. Aaron the Addisons, stay right there. God only knows what you've been through. God only knows what they say about you. God only knows how it's killing you. But there's a kind of love that God only knows. God only knows what you've been through. I don't know how God I feel about you coming back with that song <laughs> what, what? for this that was, show's it topic. Was, it was, it was in randomly the, generated. It was in the queue. There's I no randomness. I don't know what there's I a Greek word for random. <laughs> um, I don't know how I feel God about a conversation about mother-in-laws <laughs> and daughter-in-laws and the song is God only knows what you've been through. God only knows. I mean, I... There's, that wasn't there's a humor purpose. in it, really, because <laughs> there's a play. humor in that that is um, noticed by all. Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. Today we are talking about the mother-in-law, daughter-in-law uh, dynamic here, and our guests are Barbara and Stacy Riak. They are the co-authors of the book Making Room for Her, or Making Room for Her, <laughs> depending on the kind of relationship. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Anyways, um, welcome back. Barbara, Stacy. thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Stacy. I'm going <laughs> to pick up with you because I think you were you were building here and, and driving home the point that it's important to have ongoing communication. And that was one of the things that early on, I think, suffered in your relationship with Barbara that maybe you were unaware of. Talk about. Mm-hmm. how those lines of communication and keeping them open, how that's so vital in a healthy relationship between a mother-in-law and the daughter. Yeah, I think, you know, keeping communication open and making sure you are communicating really helps there to be less misunderstandings. You know, when, when we're not communicating regularly, things can, we can create situations in our minds or we can, you know, imagine you know, I'm good at imagining worst case scenarios. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but <Yes. laughs> if we're intentional about building that relationship, and I think that, you know, what I look back and I wish I would have been more intentional in those early years of, of, you know, trying to make sure that I was on the phone or to write a letter or send an email, just all of those ways um, to create those open communication lines that Mm -hmm. she would know what's happening in the family that I would know what's happening um, with her and Ron. And, and then I think things probably would have seemed a little more natural, a little more easy to, you know, go into when we saw each other for those visits during summertime. So did you guys experience the, um, the typical mother-in-law, daughter-in-law dynamic? Like, did you tell us, we we just need the dirt. Like we need to know <laughs> what you guys went through and how you overcame this for the glory of God. Like I think, cause, cause let me just tell you right now. So in real time, people are responding to this show in ways that tell me, wow, okay, this is really a bigger issue than, than we might've imagined. <clears throat> Give us some of the tools that you guys discovered, Barbara. Yeah, well, Mickey, I'll just go back and give you a picture of what I had to learn in my new role, Mm -hmm. because this mother-in-law starts to deal with all these issues in her heart that 
come out in in really unkind ways, unhelpful, unhealthy ways. Uh, and they generate from even being surprised that we might feel jealousy or, or resentment for our daughter-in-law. We don't want to feel that way, but because we're shifting roles and we're so used to uh, being in control, I'm just going to say it that honestly, um, it, it's easy to uh, get into wrong ways of thinking. So think of think of yourself. If you're a mother-in-law, think of yourself this way. You're you're in this race of a marathon. That's your life. That's everyone's life. You're all on the road mm-hmm. uh, running this race. And the mother-in-law goes from running the race herself to cheering the others on. And um, so she's not another runner competing and comparing. And that's what I was prone to do, compete and compare. We're not the runner in the race. And we're not a coach shouting advice. I wondered if I was supposed to become a mother now of a son and a daughter-in-law. No, no, I'm not the coach. Um, I'm the cheering team. So I'm the one hand, handing out bottles of water and towels. And, you know, then we get in the struggle of when we're serving, like Jesus taught us to serve mm-hmm. uh, and humble ourselves in this way. We get in the the rut of wondering, well, does that mean I'm, I'm not important anymore? Mm. Does that mean I don't have anything of value to say? Am I the lesser here? And that's not. That's not it at all. So we can't get stuck there because Jesus calls us to follow him in this life of humble service. And so the new role is lots of love, lots of encouragement and forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And I will be honest, I really had to learn that. And it probably caused Stacy a lot of angst. I can remember a conversation that she and I had early on. They were, she and Ben were contemplating uh, school options mm-hmm. for young kids. And, and Stacy's a teacher. I mean, she, she knew exactly what she was doing. She knew how to assess the options that she had. But she was opening the discussion for us. And instead of listening to her, I, I started to just go back in the past and tell her everything that we had learned along the way. <laughs> Uh, with with the <laughs> desire that she would choose the same thing that, that I had. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't what I was to do at all. I I would honor her by learning to listen to her and to ask good questions. Mm. Yeah. But as oh, I said, so I had nice. to learn that. Yeah. yeah. Let me ask this question. Um, so, Barbara, you as a, a mother, and then um, did you have to have conversations with your son did did it ever come to like, you know, hey, I need to talk to you about certain things, and if so, how was that handled, or was it just between you guys that had the conversations and the different things? Oh, that's a, that's a good question, Will. Um, because again, I didn't know what I was to do. I yeah. wondered, you know, I I didn't think it was right to to bring up things with Stacy. So right. I wondered, okay, well, am I supposed to bring up things with Ben? <laughs> and 
Stacy, maybe this it was God's grace that we lived in South Africa. <laughs> 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 uh, be, because we had some years there to to really get a picture of of God's plan for your marriage. And um and what I had to learn and remember is is my goal as a mother-in-law is to love and support mm-hmm. the joyful marriage relationship of my son and daughter-in-law. I mm-hmm. I really wanted always their marriage to last and to flourish. It's what I had prayed for for years before we even knew Stacy, and we mm-hmm. knew she was the right one for Ben. But again, dealing with all of these questions. So it was my role not to bring things up mm-hmm. to Ben. It was my role to give my son's marriage precedence over mm-hmm. his relationship with me. It wasn't yeah. it wasn't a matter of me working things out with him. It was a matter of me supporting their marriage. So Stacy, what about you? I know, you know, that can be conversations between husbands and wives about you know, mother, mother-in-laws, father-in-laws, or whatever. Not for me and Will, just for people <laughs> in general, not our specific <laughs> dynamic. So, just so you understand, did, did those conversations uh-huh. happen uh, with you? And how did that go? Or you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm, I, I'm sure we had many conversations over the years. Um, mm. We've been married 23 years. Okay. Um, and I think a lot of times it goes back for, for me as the daughter-in-law to believing the best about mm. Barb. So, mm. you know, so like I think back to those conversations on schooling and, and we were the ones with the first grandkids. And so I think I or like all eyes were on us and the choices we were making. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, I was oh young and insecure. And mm-hmm. so I think I would read into, oh, you know, Barb doesn't approve of the type mm-hmm. of schooling we're doing. You know, I would feel judged. And I go back and I think, you know, even if she did disagree, she's she's saying what she's saying because she loves us and yeah. she loves mm-hmm. her grandkids and she mm-hmm. wants the best. And so I think, you know, for me, a lot of times it was going back and thinking, you know, I need to believe the best about Barb's intentions, even when words might have hurt or stung. Um, and I think also, you know, for the daughter-in-law, kind of the opposite side of what Barb's saying, she was talking about, you know, needing to kind of step back and be the cheerleader. And I think for the daughter-in-law, we need to still look for ways to make the mother-in-law feel welcome. We still need oh, to make so her good. feel a part of the family mm-hmm. and yeah. look for ways that we can honor her, you know, with spending time with her, with our yeah. words um, and how we talk about her, even to our kids and our family. Mm. Yeah. yeah, man. And, you know, and, and that's, that's so important. It's so good what you're saying, because I'm thinking of the times where I have genuinely felt, and I, I really see this as the work of the Holy Spirit to just remind us in those areas where we're just dull, you know, and we don't think often, but I'm, I'm reminded of those times of being overcome just by so much gratefulness and, and thankfulness for the way that Will's parents raised him, because this is the man mm. that I'm married to. And, and I remember just with his mom being like, thank like you guys did a great job. Thank you so much. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I think sometimes yeah. if we can mm-hmm. focus on that and not so much the confusion or the competition or the insecurities, which are there, you know, 
um, there can be joy in that. But I want to I want to direct the conversation here before we run out of time. I know that you guys talk to other women about their in-law relationships and you learned a lot from their experiences. I'm wondering if there were any experiences that you found helpful for a dynamic where you're dealing with um, in in whatever direction a saved and an unsaved mother-in-law or daughter-in-law and how that is best to be navigated for the glory of God. Mm. Barbara, maybe you could start. Mm. Yeah, well, um, I I think we, in addressing uh, the daughter-in-law or the relationship where one of the people is not a, a believer in Jesus, does not mm-hmm. have a relationship, love relationship with him, I think that can lead to a huge disappointment for a mother-in-law who um, has prayed for her son to to be equally yoked for many years. It's, I think it's easy to think of all the negative, mm-hmm. um, but the greatest need in it is her new daughter-in-law's heart. Mm-hmm. And God, you might not have chosen her, but but your son did. And so God has put her into your life for an eternal purpose. And so I would just say, you know, if you have a negative impression of your in-law, don't get stuck there. Because dwelling on a bad impression and just staying there and saying things like, she'll always be like this, she'll Mm. never change, I think it's like, uh, stopping a movie halfway through or uh, cutting, you know, the beautiful blooms that we see in spring, cutting off a bud before it, before oh, it flowers. I, yeah. You just don't want to miss the, seeing the beauty of what God is doing. And this is a long-term relationship. Yes. So it really takes time to get to know one another. And God's going to do so much more than you can imagine because he has put you together. So if your daughter-in-law is not a believer, you're there to pray for her and to preserve that relationship so you continue to have a voice of love in into her life. Mm, that's so good. That's so wise. Stacy. I'm wondering, a little bit of a different question here for you. If there is a woman listening who's engaged to be married, what wisdom might you offer her as she is headed into this relationship dynamic to kind of start off well? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I would say start by praying for your mother-in-law and praying for your own heart towards her. I think we all have our first impressions, and sometimes those are good, and sometimes they're <laughs> not so good. And kind of like what Barb was just saying, you might mm-hmm. already be dreading this relationship or you already might be thinking, oh, this is going to be really hard. This is going to be challenging. That's kind of what culture tells us. Mm -hmm. But God can do anything in this relationship. And I think, you know, going into it, I would say don't don't expect the worst. Expect that God can create a beautiful relationship Mm -hmm. and look for ways to invest in her, look for ways to spend time with her, to get to know her, to enter into her world, ask her questions call her you know i know it depends whether you live in the same city or not but i think there's all different ways that you can show that you are interested in building this relationship and you can be intentional to start it on the right foot 
Oh, this is so good. I feel like we've only scratched the surface. And, and with the response that we're getting today, I have to admit, I'm, I'm slightly surprised that this has uh, really struck such a chord. So maybe we have to revisit this and, yeah. and do this periodically to spot check. This relationship matters. All of our relationships matter right. and are meant to be lived for the glory of God, including the in-law relationship. Let me just direct our listeners. Again, the book is Making Room for Her. It's co-authored by Barbara and Stacy Riak. You can connect with them, barbarreak.com or stacyreak.com. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.